0: Hello everyone, I'm Rob Warner. And I'm Elliot Jackson. And this is Just Ride, a new cycling podcast from Red Bull. Let's go. It's like the Formula One of cycling, isn't it? Well,
1: yeah, it is. Someone painted our bikes with some special paint. They'd already used it in F1. I didn't even really like it at the time. It just wasn't my thing.
2: Bit boring, maybe. Bit boring, yeah.
1: You're just riding around in circles, and it's pretty damn boring. When you start winning, it was a different ball game. When I felt pregnant with Albie, everyone thought I was mental, like they just thought at the end of her career. And I was so determined yeah. to show to everyone that I thought the okay. case.
2: Hello and welcome back to Just Ride, a cycling podcast from Red Bull. I'm Elliot Jackson.
0: I'm Rob Warner. How are you?
2: I'm doing, I'm doing amazing, Rob. Today we have a track cyclist on. I actually want to know what your track knowledge is. Have you ever
0: ridden a velodrome? I haven't. I haven't, right? But I actually got a bit obsessed with Graham O'Brie. Okay. This Wait, was Scottish that? fella that did it very much his own way and basically kept he battled with Francesco Moser for the hour record. <laughs> How you like you maybe you never heard oh, of him, the bloke who built his own bike okay. and used used the, used the 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 bottom bracket bearing was straight out of his washing machine yeah like he built okay. his own bike brought in all those weird riding positions uh-huh. they got banned they back and forth with the governing body right and you know i know that one day this is what i know about track cycling and it's incredible with him going for the hour record he rented a velodrome for 24 hours oh, yeah, okay. he got there in the morning <laughs> and he went for his hour record he missed it i don't even know how much it was by by a few hundred meters uh-huh. it was like well you've, you've only got it 24 hours graham it's over no no I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna have another go tomorrow. Went to bed, woke himself up every hour to drink a pipe of water <laughs> and stretched. The next day, went back after. Remember, he'd done that effort the day yeah, before. Yeah, he yeah. went back and he got the hour record. Now <laughs> that's that, wild. Yeah, yeah that that has that cemented track cycling in my mind as being, I don't know, like it's, it's pure. the perfect it's, place. To, it's yeah, pure. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's exactly. Super pure, That's yeah. right. It's pure. It's man and machine, or yeah, woman and machine, totally. and just. Uh-huh. It's just you, yeah. Peddling yeah. that thing. There's nothing else to it. They've even got brakes, have like, they? <laughs> no, no, nothing. That's
2: what I always think. Too. I'm, I'm interested to uh, ask our guests like about that and about like, I don't even know, like avoiding right. Like, what do you do when you get out of control? And so you know, <laughs> know what I mean? you Crash. From what I've seen of it.
0: I mean, yeah, it's definitely not safe. It's like BMX on a road bike, <laughs> you know. There's a load of them up there piling into each other. It's so, pretty wild. It's fast. So,
2: do you know the different disciplines? Do you know the different categories? Can bit, you name them a off a little
0: bit? I can name name some of them off to me. Um, tr- pursuit, <laughs> <laughs> track pursuit, individual pursuit, team pursuit. I know they have a six-day event in Belgium that's basically like. I have my opinion. I, I feel like they actually do, like road racing but on the track so they have stages where you go and do like big long rides, kind of like a stage race but inside ah, a velodrome okay, okay but as far as the weird i know they do the one behind the motorbike i uh, love that one you you know where, they, you, where I, the motorbike I, I, drafts I don't, them i don't know enough it's to say moped. The, it's a moped so you, I, I can't That's say that you
2: more I'm, than you about track y- yeah i mean well I, I feel like you could be Whoa. making up anything right now.
0: Um, <laughs> Why well, you've got no knowledge. You're asking, the, you're, the, you're the ringmaster. What's going on here? Yeah, but
2: yeah I, I'm not surprised if you say, yeah, they have this one where they have some bulls running around the track.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that. But I do, the one I really like, I think I really like, is the one, and it, it's a race of some description, I don't know what, but where they balance... And okay. then they hang up on the bank yep. and they're like, they're like, they're, it's like, it's like a strategy and they're looking back, trying to balance. And then one, one, as soon as he looks forwards or she looks forwards, like, you know, to sort of rebalance, the one behind might be like, go. And they're like, oh my God. And then they drop in off the bank and the power they produce and the accelerations, no gears either. I mean,
2: it's okay. quite different to what you, we know. You know what, Rob? I feel like we should get our guest on yeah. because she is going to be.
0: She's, she's going to be, be a, educational to he, us. She's going to she's <laughs> going
2: to know a lot more than we do, yeah. and I'm interested to learn. So tell us about who we have.
0: Yeah, this is a big one. We have got no other than the most decorated female Olympic track cyclist, actually, of all yeah. time. Laura Kenny is coming on the show I mean she's a household name in the UK I'm pretty nervous man because the only time (laughs) I've ever seen her is on my tv at home like you know on BBC smashing the Olympics so yeah yeah, this is great this is great
2: I I am so excited we're we're so privileged to be able to talk to her and it is somebody who has you know not just in cycling but you know in all of of olympics yeah to be the most decorated british yeah athlete but that's right exactly
0: it's a much bigger umbrella than cycling right. i mean what, yeah. a, what an accolade that is yeah yeah a, a massive olympian insane
2: well laura kinney welcome to the show laura first of all thanks for coming on and congratulations on you and jason's second child monty how is everything going in the uh kinney household
1: Um, sleepless nights. Lots (laughs) and lots of sleepless nights. (laughs) I mean, I keep joking every time I take Albie into school, right? I keep joking with the teachers and I'm like, oh, he's a terrible sleeper, but it can't get much worse. And then it gets much worse. (laughs) And so like last night, honestly, it was like the longest night and Jace just sleeps through it. Like honestly, it got to 3am and I'm like, oh, he's just, it's sickening. Yeah. It got to like 3am, right? And I'm like, He's pooed. I am not getting back out of bed. And I'm like, Jason, he's pooed. And he just ignores me. I'm like, Jason, just get up. <laughs> I'm not getting up again. He's pooed. And then bal- he's just like, oh, oh. What yeah, do you say, sorry?
2: No, I was going to say, how do you guys balance it? Like, you guys are both these incredible athletes. And it's just like, okay, you go and do your training. Okay, I'm going to do mine.
1: I mean, obviously, Jason's now a coach. So, like, when we had Albie and we were both doing it, we just completely underestimated how difficult it was with you both doing it and wanting to bring him up yourself. Like we were never out to like have nannies round or whatever. Like we wanted to bring Albie up. And so the only way that we could actually physically get it to work was basically I would do the night shift. And then when it got to six o'clock in the morning, Jason would take Albie away. And then that's when I would sleep. So then I'd get like two hours in the morning. Um, and then obviously I'd have him back again. And then we would just rotate like who was looking after him so the other one could wow. go and train. Um, whereas Jason's now a coach, so it is a little bit easier.
0: Right. But to compete at the level you do, like with sleep deprivation, or to, <laughs> you know, that, you know that, that sounds like, I don't know, almost impossible, right, with what you do. You know how successful you are and how successful you've been since it's having funny, you right? know, your first kid. I've kids. just,
1: I did, yeah, I mean, I think we learned that actually athletes can be quite soft and like you can <laughs> really, you, you can convince yourself that you need a lot more sleep and rest and whatever than you actually do. Because like it worked for us. I I always used to think eight hours, I need eight hours. And I'd be like a proper princess about it. Like if I didn't get eight hours the next day was going badly. But then obviously how we come along. Or you don't get I mean you're lucky to get eight minutes some nights. And so you're just like, no get through it, it's absolutely fine. And then you'd go and train and actually you'd be fine. Like, so I think as athletes, sometimes you can be a bit like sensitive when really, when you're thrown in the deep end, you've got to deal with it anyways.
2: Well, this is, this brings us actually to something that Rob's been talking to me about nonstop. (laughs) Who is, he set the hour record and we were talking about- Oh, Graham Obrey. Yes and so okay (laughs) Okay. i want okay i want rob to tell this story and i want you to fact check him and i want your opinion on it as well
0: well you're about to hear all my knowledge of track cycling right but it's it's (laughs) true right that some tracks are way faster than others and if you're going for the hour record Of course, you need... I did get into it. I know that people used to put sellotape down the front of the forks to try and deflect the wind. People have even tried filling their tires with helium, right, to make the (laughs) wheels lighter. I know all this, but Graham O'Brien built his own bike. He took the the, the main bearing was out of the back of his washing machine for his bottom bracket. He invented all these weird positions, the aerodynamic. He would only ride, I believe he would only train twice a week for an hour each time on a fixed gear. And if he didn't feel good in the first five minutes, he'd go home. And then he went to beat Moser for the hour record. And he rented a track for 24 hours, had a go, missed it by a few hundred meters. They were like, oh, bad luck, Graham. And he was like, hang on, we got 14 hours left on the rental. I'm going to go to bed, got up at every hour, drank a pint of water through the night and stretched a parrot and then went back the next day and got the hour record. That's true, right?
1: Oh, then did that's it. True, right? Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, yeah he That's did, insane, it. Yeah, he did it? it the day after i mean it is insane yeah because have you heard when you hear people who have done the hour record they're like it was hell on earth like they never want to do it ever again he just goes ah sod it i'll try again tomorrow they, <laughs> like, as if it was nothing
0: the physical effort is like it's just i don't know how you'd re- well how he, he couldn't have been recovered but he did it have you is this something you've ever thought of then going for the hour record on the track
1: Absolutely not That would just be <laughs> Honestly My worst nightmare that's <laughs> Why? Why It's not? just Oh Oh, just the pain and the boredom Like, I can't tell It would just be Oh God, because it's just lap after lap Like, seriously, right We do we do an event that's an individual pursuit Which is literally just you on your own For three kilometres And I cannot tell you how boring it is It's just going around, around It's the same Honestly, old Honestly, like, you find no, your sport boring, boring. No, I can't <laughs>
0: get my head around that
1: Well no, like the, <laughs> like the group stuff You've won an Absolutely Olympic brilliant
0: girl. Yeah, it's a bit tedious.
1: <laughs> Five more laps
0: to go. Oh my god! What am I, how am I going to pass the
1: time? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but when you're on your own, to when you're in a group, it's very different.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. What? I mean, I don't. Yeah, Lord. let's have a chat about because we really don't know much, uh, ashamedly, about the different disciplines on the track. Yeah. I, mean, I know it gets weird and wonderful. There's motorbikes involved. There's all sorts of stuff going on, right?
2: <laughs> give us a give
0: us
1: yeah, a bit yeah, of an race, overview. Yeah. Okay, right. So Team Pursuit has always been my favourite. That's with, I mean, it's changed loads. So when I first started, there was only three of us that did it and that was a three kilometre and then they changed it. So after London 2012, um, they said they want us to be the same as the men and the men was obviously 4K with four men. So they changed ours to 4K with four women. And then obviously that's just four kilometres as fast as the team can go. So you're going as fast as your weakest rider. From a standing start, yeah, yeah. I
0: was going to say, is that the one where you constantly like, dip, you get to the front, you peel back?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. So, And I mean, it's just, that's evolved so much recently because obviously the kit's getting better, so the time's are getting faster. And so it, it's really just like, you, you can do as little or as much as you want on the front, depending on how fast the team's going.
0: Uh, you um, sort of feel and that's always out the better the... one. Just pick on something you said then, like, So you said the kit is getting better all the time, right? Now, I'm going to ask you how, because as far as I know, you ride a fully rigid bike with no brakes and no gears. I guess, what is it, the aerodynamics are getting better or what? But it's a bicycle, you know. I mean, how can it get fundamentally better?
1: Well, because, I mean, more and more research gets put in. um, And, like, I mean, track cycling as a sport is getting more and more, like, money orientated. Like, the the teams that have got the most sponsors have the most money to put into, like, the development of the equipment and they tend to now be the better the better squads um but yeah like it just changes all the time so like what we wear has changed every olympics that i've been to Um, and it's all different materials all made out of different materials um like different positions like it's basically how low you can get your head a lot of the time like when you when you're on your try bars
2: are there any rules about what you can and can't use
1: yeah, yeah, there is. So actually, Graham Abrie's position is banned. Like, so you're not the allowed Superman to use that it, or position. They and. Called it. Yeah, yeah, cuz it's it basically it's quite dangerous because of how far his arms are away from the front wheel, so like the steering like is actually quite dangerous. But I mean even now to be honest, I'd say a lot of the positions. I mean lots of people can't see. I mean we've seen some really stupid crashes recently because people are just riding with their head down. Like <laughs> is that right. At well, you say people can't
0: see. They literally yeah. can't see. They're literally looking at like, no, no, at like a right. metre in front of them. Seriously. The
1: no yeah right so at the Olympics yeah our men's team split right not ideal like you don't really want your team to split Um, and one of them ends up just on his own and he's obviously supposed to be of his team but he ends up on his own and the Danish guy just piles straight through him and like wipes him out <laughs> and, he, and when I mean, you look lie. at it on telly you're like what the hell like when we're, when we're watching it back we're like he just rode into him he literally rode into him but it's because obviously he's just like head down not expecting anyone to be there and because he just took him could, out like that was it
2: because i guess like i don't think about it uh, like riding mountain bikes but you could almost ride the track with your eyes closed i guess like because you've done it so many well, times i mean
1: some of them can
2: yeah right. yeah. i mean
1: me personally i wouldn't want to like i mean i was never very good at getting my head all the way down because i just think it's like i want to see what's ahead you know <laughs> like i yeah. don't want to be no bowling ball
2: and so can you explain some of the other disciplines like you've competed in team pursuit and the omnium right like those are your kind of two main yeah. main disciplines
0: what, what, yeah what is omnium
1: yeah so the omnium Right. So it's like a heptathlon without the really complicated scoring. So we have, I mean, again, that's changed. So when I first started, it was three events on one day and then three events on day two. And then your results add up. And then like the person with the most wins, obviously. Whereas they've, they then changed it for Rio. So then it was the person with the least amount of points then went on to win. And now it's actually only on one day. So now it's, they've dropped it to four events no way. on one day. Um, Yeah. So it's a bit, I mean, that one to me is more of like an endurance kind of event because now as well, it's, it's finished in two hours. So it's like you do one race. Yeah. Yeah. So you do one race, you come off, you have like 10 minutes. I mean, the Olympics was insane. It was just like, get on, get off, get on, get off, get on, get off until it was finished.
0: Did you like that approach to it or would you rather, is it, do you like the way it's evolved or did you prefer it when it was like more chilled over a couple of days?
1: Yeah, well, more chilled. I'm biased because I didn't win the one on the phone. <laughs> so, yeah, you can sack it off. I prefer hours. how it was.
2: <laughs> And what was it like, I guess, like talking about the Olympics, like for me, man, like going to the Olympics and, and, and especially like in London in, in 2012, like what was that like?
1: Oh, just insane. Like, honestly, I can't even. I never expected to go. So, to be called up and for them to say, oh, you're going to a home Olympics. I mean, I was 20 at the time and I was thinking, God, this is quality. Like, yeah, all right, I'll go. <laughs> but, and like, you don't really even think about it because it happened so fast. It was like 18 months of being on the GB program and I'm going to the Olympics. But then it wasn't until I was there that I was like, wow, like, this is a really big deal because obviously, to me, I was just training for a bike race. It didn't matter where it was. It could have been anywhere in the world. But until you turn up, it was like, wow, I'm at a home games. And everyone, obviously, all the support was for you. Like, it was madness.
2: And so it's interesting that you say you're only on the on the GB team for 18 months. Like, how did you get into track in the first place? Because it, it feels like, like looking at the results, you came in and then you just won everything from like kind of <laughs> from then on out. Like, what was the what was your kind of? upbringing and and journey into cycling like
1: I mean it's funny actually because my dad's just come around to look after Monty and we were just talking about it then how we basically fell at track cycling like it was never the plan because Albie does everything at the minute he's doing like tennis basketball he rides his bike he does swimming because I'm like It'll fall at one of them. Like one of them, he will be good at, and then that he'll have his thing then. Whereas we were just like not a sporting family at all. So Mm. my mum actually chose um, cycling as a form of losing weight. So she lost eight and a half stone in a year and a half by riding a bike and by spin classes. Yeah. So like we were really not like my dad played cricket, but that was it. Like we were never really like into sport at all, to be honest. And then
0: a mad cycling family at all, really? Then no.
1: No, like not at all, no. Like so it was actually our swim lessons. Um so my mum always said she didn't care what we did as long as we could swim. And so <laughs> swimming was like the thing that she forced. So off we go swimming. And I mean to be like, I'm terrible at swimming. I don't even really like it. Like if like when Albie goes, Do you wanna go swimming? I'm like, Oh, it's weird. I like, troll
0: drowning like, I'm like, really... I'm Pretty bad at it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so we met someone down there that said to my mum, cause my mum obviously was talking to another mum and she'd said, you know, we've got, I've got into cycling. And she said, why don't you come down to Welling? Which is just like a local outdoor track to us. And like, we went along and actually, you know what? I didn't even really like it at the time. It just wasn't really like my thing. But Found once a you bit start boring. Yeah, winning, a bit boring maybe. <laughs> yeah, a bit boring, yeah. You're just riding around in circles it's pretty damn boring. <laughs> and then, uh, but then when you start winning, it was a different ball game. I like that feeling. <laughs> I guess so, and yeah.
3: Then...
1: <laughs> well, and then I was like, well, what am I? I might be good at this. I reckon I could stick this out for a little bit longer. And then that was it then. Me and my sister did it. Like, because my sister was a professional as well, but she was on the road, whereas obviously I'm trying.
0: Uh, um, I mean, you said, like, one thing I just picked up on was, like, you said that your favourite event was three is three, three or four K in a team. What well, sort of... So you don't train like a road rider doing a Tour de France then, right? I guess yours is more... Is it more power-based, your training?
1: Yeah, yeah. So we spend lots of time in the gym. Um, And yeah, because I mean, we're really middle distance. Like if you were going to compare us to like an athletics, Ah. we're really middle distance. Ah. Um, Like road being your marathon, us being like your 1500. And then obviously you've got the sprinters that are like pure. Like I said, Jason is like pure speed. But a lot of our training um, was gym-based. Um, so we spent a lot of time well three times a week basically in the gym
0: is that right yeah and how much time would you you get out on a bike then you do go out on the roads and train or do you just train on a track on that bike
1: no no so that we we do like blocks i mean actually we don't spend that much time on the track at all um it's only really like the last six weeks before a competition um that we would come in on the track and to be honest six weeks being the most um and that so that would be like before world championships. The Olympics probably a bit more, like eight weeks um, before the Olympics. Um, but if we were just doing, say, like a qualifying event that we didn't really like, it was more for points rather than actually to go and win that bike race. Um, we'd we'd have like a week on the track and then we'd go and do it.
2: And so now, I guess, what is your what are your weeks look like now? And you're going to be uh, competing in the Olympics next year. So are you already like? I mean, getting prepared for that
1: um, I it's, it's it's a slow and steady it, it's annoying i mean i say it's annoying obviously i wouldn't change having a baby for the world <laughs> but it's just it's so slow recovery it's unbelievable like there's really? been so many times i'm like can we just move this on already um because we have to start from scratch like mm. really i mean i can't even tell you how basic the ab sessions are that i have really? to do mm. um and Yeah, and just like, so I said, oh, can I put a bar on my back in the gym? And my physio was like, absolutely not. Not Like, Not yet. yet. You need to just wait. Like, you can do body work. Like, you can do body weight for the time being. That's fine. Um, But I've started on the turbo. Like, so, because this is, I'm basically just following what I did with Albie. So, it's just really slow and steady for like a good three months. And then I can really go from there.
2: And what is it that, that motivates you? Like, you've won, you're the most winningest British athlete you know of all time like what brings you back to competing
1: um right like each time it's been like it's been very different so like the first time right london 2012 just wanted to be olympic champion like it was my childhood dream like because even Albie now asked me and he's like what do you want what did you want to be when you're younger and i'm like i wanted to be olympic champion like i just did like from the minute i knew i was good at cycling That was like the pinnacle for me. So I was like, right, Olympic champ. And then after that, I wanted to prove that I wasn't just a one-hit wonder. Mm. And I know it sounds mad to say because it's the Olympics. It's not like it comes (laughs) that easy. You should be really pleased that you've gone on to win the Olympics. But I wanted to prove that I could do it again. And so obviously Rio comes around and then I went and did it again. And then after that, I had Albie. And then for me, it was just to prove that you could have a baby. Like, you could do both. Like, when I fell pregnant with Albie, everyone thought I was mental. Like, they just thought that's the end of her career. Mm, yeah. And I was so determined to show to everyone that actually, no, that's not the case. Like, you can do both. Like, you can be an athlete and have a child. Right. Um, and then, yeah, so then obviously Tokyo come around. And then that one wasn't as like obviously we won the Madison and got second in the team pursuit. So I mean I was a little bit disappointed with the team pursuit, but I mean I still could prove that you could do both. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Did you notice a difference then, it, like physiologically in your body after you've had a child? Does it did it change you as an athlete?
1: Yeah, I mean, it really did. So I've always been really sprint-based. Um, like I've always been, everyone would say like I'm more fast twitch than any mm. of the endurance riders um, that are on British Cycling. Because, I mean, there was a time that I did do sprint instead of endurance. But then once I had Albie, I'd say the fast twitch in me took forever to come back. And I don't think it ever was back to the kind of oh, level I... that it was at pre-Albie. Like I think I ended up being more endurance than sprint.
2: And so is that why you chose the Madison? What is the Madison, I guess? Because that was kind of the first Olympics that you had competed in that? Is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So it came in for Tokyo. So it was the first time that it had been in the Olympic cycle um, for women altogether. So it used to be in for men. So right up until 2008, the men had an Olympic Madison, but the women never did. Um, And then as came in um, in Tokyo. So me and Katie Archibald went and did that. Um, I mean... It was just an event that I always thought would suit me. It's on off, like it's literally constantly on off, and the on is so on, like it's it is literally like if you if you were going to make an event for me, the Madison would be it, just because it's like bam you're in oh you're out you're resting bam you're in like so if you if you said to me go and ride 120 laps as far as you can i would be terrible like i would be so far down the pecking list but because it is on off on off on off it's just made for me like it's just it's for my kind of makeup how does it
0: work the madison what like on off sounds like it starts and stops. i've got no idea what what you're talking about to be quite honest it is just right okay it is chaos
1: it's. Right, it's absolute chaos, right. So, basically, it's 120 laps, yeah. The two of you are doing it together. And every time you see your partner, you sling them in. Uh, But just to add to the the melee, you it sprints. So, it sprints every 10 laps. So, you've got to, like, time it right. But you've got people, like, some people have barely done it. So, like, you sometimes, right, you'll drop into this race and I'll look and I'll be like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. <laughs> like, there is just no way I'm getting through this. Like, there's just bodies everywhere. No But way. then, actually, once you're in it and once it's going well, it, it's it's just, yeah, it's the best race. Like, the Olympics, right, we had a plan. We went in to Tokyo with a plan, and I've never done a race where we could just execute it. And I mean, there is crashes happening all around us. If I tell you there was like 20 crashes in that race, like it was unbelievable. But me and Katie are just at the front just like, bam, okay, change in, you're in. And then it got to like the last 10 laps, and I'm like, oh my god, we've won. (laughs) And there's just never, there's never been a race where I've been like so confident that we were going to win. It was weird.
2: Yeah, because you guys what, won like 10 of the 12 sprints, which is yeah ah. it's crazy right
1: yeah so when we went into it we said you had we had to score in every sprint i mean never did i think that we would win 10 of them like i mean we won by like 20 points or something in fact i think it might have been 30 points like it was ridiculous <laughs> but it just went to plan like some days you just have a race like that like other days you, you were, like i i've heard so many people say that that madison for us was perfect and that you should never like look back at that one and think that's realistic because you'll never get a race that will happen so wow. like that's like
0: smart, that, again, really. it, that like it was always perfect as perfect as it could be Yeah, you know? yeah. how long's a 120 weird, laps right? take just out of interest how long's the, the madison event um,
1: like half an hour like just over half an hour i think you're
0: halfway to the hour record there
1: yeah but with a friend if I could do the with a friend then yeah <laughs> it'd be different
0: <laughs> what's the biggest appeal of track cycling to you it sounded to me then like like that all-out effort just to just to bury yourself in a sprint that, that that even sounds quite appealing to me a little bit like just to you know on that bike that in a in a, in a track it's just it's made and it? it's made to be sprinted it's made for speed
1: Oh, yeah. Like and the track, the velodrome just obviously it is a speed event, just the way it is. You know what I mean? Like just the way with the fact that it is a bowl and the fact that they're always enclosed. And just I can't tell you the atmosphere in a velodrome. Mm. Like, yeah, I know when you go out on the Tour de France, right. And when you see them in the mountain stages and I think, wow, like I would love to experience that but There is nothing like the experience that you get in a velodrome. Um, like just so like right. London 2012 was the first velodrome to have people standing around the banking as well, and it was just like a consistent noise, like right. the whole way round, And like that for me is it like you're so close to the fans, and it's just a yeah, like the buzz in that place is unbelievable. It
0: sounds like it's a that's definitely a big part of what keeps bringing you back then even mm-hmm. hearing you talk about it you can feel it you know what i mean i can feel what you you know it must be, yeah like you say a mad mad experience at that level huh
1: oh definitely yeah yeah and like it is like there's no other for me like there's no other place like it like being in that velodrome like there's just no other place like it i love it
2: and and like talking about the fans and things like that what has it been like um I guess dealing with the fame like you're like a superstar i feel like in the olympics compared to maybe what we would do or traditional athletics the olympics kind of catapults you into this kind of stardom that most athletes don't ever experience has how, how has that been
1: well i mean after 2012 like it was a shock like as much as everyone said to me if you win a gold medal at home games it's going to change your life you don't actually think about the outcome obviously like so I would never think about winning a gold medal it was always about just going and competing and doing what I could and then whatever that was would be the outcome and you never think oh I'm going to be Olympic champion at the end of the day but it was like an overnight switch it was mad obviously teamed with the fact that Jason and I decided to say we were together after that Olympics right so it was just like oh like oh just the interest in the two of us just Mm. was something else after that but then you do then just get used to it and it's actually quite nice like I have so many parents come up to me and say like you're a role model for my children like you've been a role model for my daughter so as much as it does bring stress a lot of the time like when I go into the velodrome people are completely expecting me to win now like whether I'm on a good day or a bad day like they're expecting you to go out there and perform how you did at every Olympics um but on the flip side actually having People come up to us and say, Oh, you've inspired me to get on a bike. It's actually quite nice. Like so it is actually quite a nice balance, really.
2: Yeah, I think that's interesting because you know, Jason also, your husband is also this super decorated athlete. Did you guys think about that when you were getting together? Like what why was that the thing that like drew you to each other? It was like, oh, like here's the <laughs> best, these are the two best people in the sport.
1: No, I mean, it's funny because, like, well, I mean, I had never actually even seen an Olympic medal, right? And I remember I went round to Jason's parents' house and Jason's mum had his Beijing because this is before 2012 because we were actually together before the Olympics. But British cycling were like, look, if this comes out before the Games everyone, like, the attention is just going to be on that. It's mm-hmm. going to feel like so much pressure. And obviously, because I was young, and, like, British can were brilliant at, like, managing the situation. There's not many people I don't think that would come up to them and be like, you maybe shouldn't tell anyone that you've got a new boyfriend who happens to be on the program also trying to win another Olympic gold medal. Right. Whereas they were just so to the point where they were like... Really, for your benefit, I don't think you should say anything until afterwards. Um and then yeah, I went round to his house and his mum's got his medal out and I'm like, whoa Like it was just mad that it was like his Olympic gold medal. Um but no, like you see you don't think of it if you went into the velodrome right and said at the time, do you think Jason and Laura will be together, everyone'd be like Absolutely not. She don't shut up and he don't like people that talk. <laughs> and so like you just wouldn't, <laughs> you just wouldn't put us together at yeah. all. But it's like yin and yang. Like I just talk for him, it's fine. And he sees he accepts that. <laughs>
3: oh
0: <her>. Perfect.
2: <laughs> so when you guys go to the Olympics now, I guess like, what is it like? Well, I guess, will this be the first Olympics that he's not competing in and you are?
1: Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, he'll still be there. I can't imagine going to an Olympics with him not being there, because obviously he's been there for everyone that I've been to.
2: I mean, Laura, did you ever think that you would take cycling as far as you have? Like, when you thought about winning that first gold, like, did you ever think that it was going to change your life like it has?
1: No, like, not at all. Like, really. Um, And it's funny as well, because... When we first got into track cycling, it wasn't really a sport. Like, I remember riding down the road. So when you're younger, obviously, I didn't do gym. And obviously, I started quite young. So eight was when I actually first started getting into cycling. And that's when we first went down to this outdoor velodrome in Welling. Um, And it just wasn't a thing. Like, you didn't have your Sir Bradley Wiggins and your Sir Chris Hoys. Like, they, they hadn't won yet. And so it wasn't cool and I actually remember riding down our high street and I was just like and that there was like a row of shops and I was just like oh my god I just don't want anyone to look at me like no one can see the fact that I'm wearing a helmet and I'm riding a road bike because like it wasn't cool like no no one else did it and so at the time I was just like this isn't happening. Like I'm not carrying on with this. Like the minute I can get to an age where I can tell my mom, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not doing it. <laughs> and yeah, that's that. Totally. But then obviously it then developed, like cycling became a lot more, I mean, 2008 just catapulted track cycling into everyone's kind of like yeah. imagination. It was like all of a sudden, all these superheroes were coming from British cycling. And then that really changed it for me. Then I, then I started to believe. So from when I was like 16, I probably thought, this can be something. But I mean, I never believed it could change my life to what it has done. Uh, I mean, it is my life. Well,
0: ultimately. yeah, no, you are. You are a hell, I mean, I was pretty nervous coming on it. today. <laughs> I've only ever seen you on BBC with Claire Bolden, <laughs> to be honest. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, I've got a confession to make here. When you said about the outdoor track at Welland, you started on. I have been on a velodrome. Oh, you went there? I, no, I went to. Have you been to Palmer Park in Reading? <laughs> the outdoor oh, track yeah there. yeah But i was gonna ask you actually oh. how you got into the track but i guess it's like that when i was racing professionally as a downhiller on a, my mechanic lived in redden on a wednesday night he was like "Yeah, come over the track and we used to just bomb around this track you know round and round out outdoor but i didn't sort of associate it with but is that a velodrome is, it, is velodrome's got a roof on it right it's different to what i this didn't have i want to go on something with like near vert walls where you've got to be going fast or you're going to slide to the bottom
1: no, yeah, it's still a velodrome though. So that's how yeah, we all is. start. So anyone like who doesn't live near, obviously, the the kids now are actually quite lucky because there's indoor velodromes spread across the country. But when I first started, Manchester was the only one, yeah. and then Newport in Wales got built. So then that that became sort of a bit more local. But I mean, it was still a three-hour journey wow. from where we lived. Huh. Um So like the only velodromes we ever went on was your Palmer Parks, your Hows your Wellins... Like so, that's that. That was all it's, we ever really knew.
0: It's mad, and it must be mad for you to see, like you said, tracks everywhere. Just how much cycling has blown up at home, like especially since them 2012 Olympics. It, I mean, you'd be a big part of that. But it was—it's mad, isn't it? Who ain't, who hasn't got a bicycle in the UK now? It's mm. bonkers.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously for us, it's brilliant because the more it becomes... Because we ride all the time and it would be nice for Aoi for it to be normal. You know what I mean? Like, he won't have the whole... I don't want anyone to see me. Like, it's nice, the fact that... I mean, he (laughs) said to me, and okay like i get right he's growing up in a cycling family i understand that but he turned around and said to me "Mummy, when can i get a bike with skinny wheels and i'm like <laughs> skinny wheels but what he obviously meant was a road bike and so right. we got him this little second hand team sky road bike and he loves it and he calls ah. it his race bike but you don't get many i mean i would never have been like can i, I have a road have bike dad like yeah. it, just no, whereas now children are into that. Like they see what other people are, have yeah. got and they're like, oh, I would like that too.
2: Yeah, I mean, <sighs> you you guys are mentioning the different surfaces, like the different types of velodrome. That's actually something that I don't know anything about. So can you just talk a little bit about like the outdoor tracks? Like are they all, is there some uh, structure, I guess? Like what is the right word? Like a regulation velodrome or are they yeah. all kind of different?
1: Um, they're all literally completely different. Um, so, like, Wellin is an outdoor concrete 500 metre. Actually, it's not quite 500 metres. It's, like, four, seven, seven... Because they drew the white line on in the right wrong place. place or something. like set around, a record. But, <laughs> 20 metres short a lap. <laughs> Terrible track. And, and, like, they're all so different. Like, so, so, <laughs> so, Wellin's really, really bumpy. Like, honestly, it's like you might as well be riding on the road. Well, you can ride a road bike round it. Whereas if you go to Manchester, it's 250 metres... Um, and obviously it's wooden so like trying to ride a road bike around it is actually quite difficult well I think your pedal would hit the floor I think it hit the wood is that right Um, why do you have higher bottom brackets on your
0: bikes then or
1: short well the crank length yeah the crank length's shorter is
0: it no way
1: yeah yeah but I mean that that can be really specific to you as well so like I always rode 165s but Jason had 170s so, uh, like, yeah, it's it's all really specific yeah, to what you want.
2: Yeah. We always, yeah, I would have always thought that, like, you would be running these, like, super long cranks for, like, the maximum amount of torque. Cause, like, that was what yeah. we would ride on downhill is 165s as well. But
1: it's more aerodin- it's, so it's more aerodynamic to have a shorter crank length.
0: Okay. No way. That's a factor. Huh. So, you're telling me that there's a difference between a 165mm crank and a 170mm means that there's 5mm at the top and 5mm at the bottom. That makes a difference in no, your yeah. aerodynamic performance. Yeah,
1: so saddle height and everything. So like we lowered our saddle height because saddle height made a difference to aerodynamics. Did you guys spend? No way.
2: So, did you guys spend a bunch of time in the in the wind tunnel?
1: Oh, like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, I mean we've built one now. Like so Manchester Velodrome's got one. Right, like, so it's got its own wind tunnel now because that is like it is just such a huge part of it now. Like more so than any. It's like the Formula else.
0: One of cycling, like, isn't it? A yeah. Bit.
1: Well, yeah, it is, it is. I mean, that's how it started. I mean, um, our paint, I think, was it McLaren or someone painted our bikes for us with some special paint because obviously they'd they'd already used it in F1. And like we use lots of the people um, from uh, like the Formula One world. Like there's a guy called Tony Pennell who he worked with the F1 before coming over to BC. And he like absolutely changed our aerodynamic kind of like thinking process. And he was such a huge part of Do you remember British Cycling and the Squirrel, like the Secret Squirrel Club? Like no, so, wait, the Secret tell Squirrel no. Club tell, tell basically was that. at Right, so pre-um Beijing Olympics, basically this group of boffins got together and they put this package together where it was like our bike, our skin suits our helmets and they looked into everything and we were basically the first team to ever do it and it was all done by this sequel squirrel club and like tony headed that who would obviously come from f1 and then they rolled this package out like so they go to the olympics everyone's got these new bikes these new skin suits these new helmets and they destroyed it <laughs> and everyone was like what the heck like because no they've just why. never seen anything like it before yeah
2: could you tell the difference like when you got on that like when you get on a new bike or you run a new kit or whatever like does it change the way that you ride
1: oh yeah yeah like you can tell massively I mean you can use bigger gears and all sorts because you're just traveling through the air much faster um so you can (laughs) use bigger gears like it just feels so much better
0: so so you you're prepared or you have to compromise your ideal riding position for aerodynamic position Mm. because ultimately you will be fast around that track is that right yeah and you don't mind because all the road cyclists I know used to measure their like seat height you know it's like the the position is absolutely crucial as far as I know but there you are saying yeah we run a seat a bit lower (laughs) you know it seems mad
1: no yeah well it took a bit of convincing for me as well because I used to be (laughs) that person if you just said here's your bike set it up I could get it to the to a T, without using a tape measure, like I no could do way. it purely off feel. Good and deal. so then when they say to me, right, we're lowering your, oh yeah, yeah. Like so, I did this. In fact, it was an individual pursuit, very boring. I had lots of time to think about how my <laughs> saddle height was. And and so they g- they gave me they gave me this bike right, and I said, you you need to put half a mil in. And he's like, half a meal. And I'm like, you need to put half a meal back in my saddle height. And so I set off in this individual pursuit and I start. And I'm fuming. I'm like, he's not put that half a meal back in. <coughs> and then I come ah! off a track. And I, this first thing, I'm like, he definitely hadn't put it back in. And then they take the seat out. And then the, you can tell by how many spacers are in there. And he hadn't. He hadn't put the half a meal back no in. Way. And he's like, really, half a meal. But like I could just tell, it didn't feel right. It wasn't right. That's so, so, yeah, it took wild. a bit of convincing.
0: Huh that is that's like
1: like some of the changes were massive like dropping it by like centimeters
2: that's wild
1: that's another changing kind of thing at the minute like that's developing like some people so i've always known track cycling to be like tubs and so like they're glued onto your wheels to be honest if you ask me what tire pressure i use I have absolutely no idea. That's no, right. But you
2: know the seat height down no, to the half like a like we,
1: we have a compressor. <laughs> no, right, right. We have a compressor in the velodrome and you just hold it on until it won't go anymore. And that's no, what I know, so I can't actually know. Oh my
0: yeah. God, the science has gone out the <laughs> it's window. Just awesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just set though so that you can't explode them. So Give I just hold it on. Oh, like, is that
0: what it is? It's yeah. probably like 200 PSI. Job done. <laughs> you might be putting helium it's in them. Fine. They did try helium Do you in know the tires, right? That's true.
1: They've tried loads of random things. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. true, isn't it? That's like, true. That's, that I've is. Heard, yeah. And I've heard about people now going back to like your traditional clinchers, so like you got a tube in there.
2: No. Way. I mean,
1: I don't know. I'm, really? I'm honestly, I am no technical. No. Yeah, I yeah, don't believe you. Faster.
2: I, I totally don't believe you. Like wind tunnel <laughs> mill, like half yeah. mill, different paint, and then next minute you're just like pressing on the tire seems good to me yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's what our mechanics are for they're brilliant people <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah what is the what is the like rider mechanic relationship because like in in downhill and, and cross-country and stuff like that like they're they're like psychologists they're your you know your friend they're like making sure your bike like your life your life is in their hands almost
1: Oh, yeah, like, honestly, our mechanics are brilliant. I mean, I think everyone has different kind of relationships with everyone, like, within British Cycling. But the mechanics, for me, has always been, like, a hub. Like, so you go in there before the session, obviously, and they'd have done anything to your bike. Like, literally, the only thing you do is gash your tyres up. So, like, if you want any changes made, they'll have done it for you. Um, and so you just have to go and get it off your peg um, and take it down into the track centre. But for me, I really, I, I go in there like at lunchtime and stuff and I sit there and I want to know about them. Like we we travel around lots with these people, you know, and so like I don't really see them as mechanics. I see them as friends. And uh, so like, yeah. there was two guys that have always been there. Um, I mean, Mark has actually just left British Cycling, but Mark and Ernie used to just be like my lunch buddies. Like I'd just go in there and I'd sit eating my lunch in the mechanics with them. Because like it's yeah. just nice like for me like I know these people really well because of the amount of time I've been on the program, but also the fact that they travel to every bike race that I go to that I've ever been right. to. So like yeah. you've got like twelve years of friendship. So like these people are friends really.
0: How many different bikes have you got?
1: Uh, technically mine, not many. I don't actually own bikes like, <laughs> okay. because we How many do get you use
0: them. during a during like Olympic? Uh, I guess each, I mean, each track event has a different bike, does it, or is it the same bike for all of it?
1: No, so it's different bikes, but it's also dependent on the event, right? So in Rio, I went through something like six different bikes because they weren't made to, to actually like so. so Some of them, I mean, I rode one once and then that was it, like it broke. So we had to get rid of it, like they were breaking all over the place. So yeah, so like at the Olympic, yeah, well, because the thing is, right, we made them as light as physically possible, but we kind of, I guess, they underestimated how much actually like the stiffness. Kind of was a big part of well, like, keeping a bike together. Yeah, what do you do with a bike?
0: When you're sprinting, you are literally trying to rip the cranks and the handlebars off it. <laughs> it's fact, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. And like loads of things was happening in the background that I didn't even know about. So, like before, so in the Omnium, the first event used to be um, the Flying Lap, was it? I don't know. You. Honestly, it's changed that many times. Whatever huh. it was, right, I'm going up for my first event and the mechanics noticed that it's cracked, that my frame had cracked, and they just were like, oh, God. And, like, within, like, a few minutes, they literally had to strip everything off and put it back on. Also, because I noticed oh, things, uh, like, they're like, oh, my God, like, it has to be these pedals it has to be this saddle because, right. oh, she's going to know. Like, yeah. she's going to get on that start line and be like, this isn't my bike. And, like, the fact that I do notice things as well, i would noticed that Katie Archibald's bike, so... um, in between two team pursuit rounds, right? So we're going up for the final. And I look at Katie's bike, and I'm like, that just says Britain. Like, it didn't say Great Britain on the bit like where it was written, like on the top tube. Uh-huh. And I was like, that's really weird. And then afterwards, we go down to the container where all the bikes have been kept, and Katie's bike is literally in half. And I was like, wow, like, they must have oh. changed that in between the two. And wow. we have an hour.
2: So that's Yeah,
1: wild. so they must have gone why? up and changed it quick. yeah that's so
2: crazy i i the other thing that it makes me think about is like what is what's the feeling of being on a velodrome i was listening to uh to g's podcast um and he was talking you were saying it was like it's like being in a washing machine going around the velodrome like what what do you mean by that
1: i mean that is what it can be like like honestly because it's just you are literally riding around in circles and when you've got all the equipment on and you are flying round that thing. It is just like a whirlwind. Like laps pass you by, like you wouldn't even imagine. Like one, because you don't look at the lapboard every. I mean, imagine looking at the lap board 120 times. Like you're never going to do that. And so, like one minute you'll look at the lap board and it will say you've got 100 laps to go, and you're thinking, "God, this is going to be a long time." And the next minute you're like, "Oh my God, I've got 20 laps. Like there's not a, there's not long left to to like change the outcome of this race." Um, and and like yeah, it's just it is. It's like a whirlwind. It's just like. Constant, you know what I mean? Like it's constant thinking, and it's a constant flow.
2: Yeah, and I mean, it's it's really interesting because it's. I mean, to me, it feels like a pretty confined space, and a lot of the time, you're competing with other people. Is there is there a lot of like trash talk? Like, what are you doing? Like next to somebody? Like we heard Luke Rowe talking about that on on the road. Yeah. You know, with the different teams and sometimes you'll cut somebody off. Like, what's that uh, What's that like on the, on the track?
1: Well, it's not like that at all. You know, we get in lots of trouble. I think because it is confined, like, they hold us by quite strict rules. And, like, movement on the track is a big thing. Like, you can't do anything too dramatic. So, like, you couldn't just turn right and go up the track just in case you take someone out. So, like, there's lots of rules. And, like, to be honest, you only ever really get the odd person shout or scream, obviously, if they're going to crash. But it's not, you don't really hear like much talking at all, to be honest. Like it'd be the coaches shouting at the side of the track. Because right. obviously they're better, they're in a better like viewing spot than we yeah. are. Like they can see the whole thing. I can only ever see like two or three people that are around me.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is funny. Like what is the, what is the crashing like? Like, is there some skill where you're like, okay, if I'm going to crash, I need to yell out or something like that. So people know, cause like you guys don't have brakes and it's like fixed gear as well.
1: No, yeah, I mean, to be honest, no. A lot of the time it takes you, like, completely by surprise. Although I would say, like, you're better off just crashing. Like, on the track, if you think you're going down, just accept you're going down.
3: Like, because (laughs) there's nothing
1: worse. Like, you end up coming off a lot worse if you try and avoid the situation. Save it? Wait, so you just take a dive? (laughs) Yeah, well, not take a dive, like, I wouldn't be like, "Whoa, well, hey, here goes, <laughs> but it is just like, <laughs> it is just a bit like, oh, crap, like, I'm, I'm going here, because on the track, because obviously everything comes back down, so yeah, unless right. you've got time to go over the top, you're going down, like, if something's gone down in front of you, there's very little time to actually do anything about it, and like you say, you can't brake, so if there's something in front of you, that's it, you're, you're out of there.
0: When, when you talk about these indoor velodromes, and they are, they? They're, they're normally made of wood, right? Are all the indoor ones wooden? And and like I guess they're made up of like little planks, right? But do you, when I was talking, to, when I was getting obsessed with Graham O'Brien he found like I know you don't do go for the hour record, but the different tracks. Run at different speeds, right? Is that do you have a favourite track? Do you notice the difference between velodromes?
1: Oh, yeah, massively, yeah, and also different temperatures. So, like, I always oh. think one of the fastest tracks in the world is Newport in Wales. Is and it? now you wouldn't think it because it's only, yeah, like it's made just in like a shed, like you wouldn't think it should be a fast track. But whenever we go there, it's like 30 degrees, like they heat that thing for us, like they have no energy bill crisis, they just heat it, and you go and it is. Honestly, it's one of the fastest tracks I've ever been to. But obviously, if you go to out altitude, like altitude tracks, they're they're, they're the quickest in the world. Like Mexico is the quickest track in the world that
0: because of less air resistance. But then, I, would, but I suppose you adjust to the lack of air. Your body does, but you're run. You're you're literally cutting through less air. Is that right? No way.
1: Yeah, yeah. But obviously, it's difficult with the whole. You have to get used to it before you go. I mean, we yeah. did very little before the first time we went oh and it was hell on earth like i was throwing up all over the place because like, you just oh, not used God. to breathing at that oh it was awful yeah like even before the Listen. start i'm like i'm gonna die like there's not enough oxygen <laughs> in this building
3: <laughs>
0: and oh, then you're no expecting mind.
1: to perform at the same level
2: right 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 right.
0: and, and did you say i uh, just did you say that they heat newport up to 30 degrees and that makes it faster. Is that what you, it sounded like, how come? I thought that'd be too hot to ride in.
1: No, because like the hot, well, I mean, obviously there is a point, but like the hotter it is, the better. And so, yeah, Newport always get it so right. You go in there and Why you though? think, what, wow. Like what does this air temp is? have to
0: do with your performance or?
1: Well, it's your body, isn't it? Like it heats your body up like it's just like you also you you go and warm up don't you you warm up to get your body nice and warm and nice and ready well newport heat it up so that it never cools back down so in between the warm-up and going on the track it's it stays warm i mean we use Ah. heat pants and everything like so we will put pants on to keep us warm we don't have to in newport because they keep it warm for you
0: wow i didn't know that yes you like yeah you run hot and it's good that's how it is
1: yeah yeah, you want it to be warm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: Laura, this has been so fascinating. So, coming up to this Olympics, what disciplines are you going to compete in this this next year?
1: Well, I mean, I think to try and go for all three again would be one hell of a task. So, I mean, for me, I would just be happy if I made it back into the team pursuit team. Like, it is the one that I enjoy the most. I mean, I love the Madison. Don't get me wrong. Like, going to the first Olympics where it was and to win it for the first time was something that I mean I guess I dreamed of but I never thought would happen certainly not in the way it did but I think the team pursuits always had my heart like it's always been the one for me it's the one that I started in and it's the one that I would like to try and get back in
2: yeah
0: yeah yeah
2: well, thank you so much for, for joining us. This has been amazing. I'm it's, gonna been be like, it's been enlightening. Yeah, it's been so much fun. Yeah, yeah, be, yeah, yeah. It's been
0: great. great uh, biggest uh, track, track cycling to <laughs> fan now. Yeah, it's right. And we will be watching now. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be awesome.
1: Oh, good. Thanks.
0: Rob, Laura Kinney is amazing. Amazing.
2: Huh? <laughs> she's, she's great.
0: What a laugh. How I... much fun. The most successful female Olympian and she couldn't really be any more down to work anymore more like yeah, just yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? You just just relate to her. She's I, cool.
2: I meant to uh I meant to ask her about it, but I think that those were all her gold medals right behind me.
3: her.
0: Ah, <laughs> yeah. right I
2: was loving there's it. Yeah. yeah but it's, like- it's 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 so there's so much to it. Like you were saying, like for at least for me, when I look at it from the outside, I see this almost like a stripped down road bike you know no brakes fixed gear and stuff like that but to to understand all the technology that's gone into Uh, it yeah i didn't get that
0: when when she said it's going forward you sort of think yeah training techniques not technological advances but that sounded like what it is like she said the last three olympics they've had different riding suits on right and, and they're in winter it is it's like formula one they are looking They are looking for those tiny margins. You know what I mean, and that makes the difference. Yeah, insane, huh? Yeah, and And the fact that she finds her sport quite boring. Yeah, I found that amazing too. (laughs) And I mean, it's just crazy. Like. You know,
2: you have somebody like that that's so successful. Like when she was talking about what drives her, it's like, okay, I won an Olympic gold. Okay, now, no, I've had my first child. Like, I want to come back and prove yeah. that I can do it. And and so I think we actually had a little bit of a Just Ride exclusive there. I don't yeah. think she's announced that she's going to the Olympics yet. So yeah. I ah, think, uh, nice? yeah, this is the Ooh. first time that she's really talked Look about at that. that. Fresh, yeah,
0: <laughs> breaking news, hot off the press. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, she'll be there. She'll be good, right? yeah i'm definitely gonna she's got tune a new in. fan here i'm gonna be watching yeah. with a lot of interest laura kenny from now on you know i mean i've seen her on the telly but to, to chat to her and meet her like that was insane yeah, yeah it was
2: so if you guys want us to discuss any other tracks or any other topics shoot us a line on our socials or email podcast at redbull.com and uh yeah we'll see you for the next one